Good morning, all at uh, Ryan Tuberty here. Tuberty here, <laughs> reporting for duty. It is three minutes past nine, the 16th of December 2021. Great to have you with us. Very, very mild. Like, so ridiculously mild. Didn't even put on a jumper today. Just didn't need it. It was too mild. Too, is it too mild? Can it be too mild? I don't know. Either way, delighted to have your company this morning. We're here till 10 o'clock. The text number is 51551. You can email ryan at rte.ie. And normally I'd get stuck into the papers, but I'm not going to do that this morning because I've just finished reading an email that I think is so instructive and um, it's sad, but it's it tells us. Because I was driving along, I'm sure everyone... And with I was trying to say this very very, very un Christmassy around the place. I know it's I, it. There's you have all the lights and you have all the trees, but the vibe is is a little bit peculiar this year. And and I asked people, I said, do you do you feeling it's a bit um, uh, odd uh, Christmas vibe wise? I was like, yes, the pandemic is it's it's hard, and sometimes you have to think uh, gratitude in terms of what you have rather than what you haven't. And when I spoke to Sandra yesterday about her story. Um, of of the electricity being cut off once upon a time, not that long ago, just in the recession, 2010, 11, 12, and how the Vincent de Paul came like angels in the night with vouchers and heat and love. Um, it was just a very, very um, moving story. And this email, I'm going to start today's show with, it, it, again, just to remind you, just when you, if you think it's bad, it, it there's probably somebody else out there who, who needs or needed help and I think this story is, uh, like I say, important. So that's why I'm going to start with this story. Uh, it's, it's, we have to name the details of the person who wants to remain anonymous, as you can appreciate. Sandra's story, Ryan, on yesterday's show resonated with me. Our story is not dissimilar to many families in Ireland. We were married just before the recession hit in 2008. We had three children. Both of us were working hard to give a reasonable standard of living for them. And we found ourselves in an uphill battle to keep a roof over our heads and feed and clothe our children. So we moved to a house in Kildare in 2017. Unfortunately, our landlord decided to sell up, so we had to find ourselves somewhere else to live. Property shortages meant that rents were high and we ended up in a house that we couldn't really afford on our wages, but we felt we had no choice but to take it. Both myself and my husband commuted to Dublin. Two of our children were in school and one in childcare. We had no extra benefits with either of our jobs. We had all the usual expenses that families have and we were never extravagant. And we wanted to try and stay relatively close to our kids' school, so we stayed in the area, kept the kids in school, kept commuting and telling ourselves we could make this work. On paper, social welfare told us we quote-unquote earned too much to qualify for any support, so we didn't receive any benefits, etc. And one day, my husband rang me out of the blue and simply said, I've no job. He'd been made redundant. We started having serious financial issues then. And what I remember about that time was just feeling cold. We couldn't afford oil. We lit the fire, but it was a big house. Electric heaters in the rooms helped a bit, but of course, that also helped drive up the electricity bill. We laughed with the kids, making jokes about campfires and wearing jumpers to bed, etc. And I don't think they knew any different. But when the man arrived at the door to tell me he had to physically disconnect the ESB, that wasn't really funny. There's something pretty terrible 
about the silence that comes when the electricity is gone. Only so much pretending you can do there. And I remember the embarrassment of ringing family. I remember the concern in their voices and I remember the shame I felt when I accepted a small loan from them that would get the lights back on. And you'd wonder what they must be thinking about you. How could you have let this happen? Surely they must be spending money all over the place. But this wasn't the case. We just couldn't keep up with rising rents, salaries that stayed the same, and then job loss. And that loan, little loan, helped us. It helped us find a small cottage down the country where we paid a third of what we were currently paying in rent back in Kildare. We stayed in the little cottage for three years and with childcare costs disappearing and my husband getting back on his feet with work, we finally were able to save for a small deposit. I stayed commuting, getting up at half five most mornings to make a train and I got promoted in work and that helped us finally get a small mortgage and the day we turned the key in our house last December, three years after they turned off the lights, it didn't feel real. I still remember feeling like I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out from underneath us. There are so many people who work to just build a life who maybe like me thought they'd never be in that situation and can't really understand how it came to be. The weight of it really never leaves you. And as your caller mentioned, the feeling of failure is really what gets to you. That you have failed as a parent in a game you just didn't feel you could have played any differently. So God bless the Vincent de Paul for what they do. The phrase, the working poor, the working poor weighed heavily on my mind when we were going through that time. And I don't say that lightly or flippantly, as I know there are those who are homeless or in hotels with their kids. And I think about that often. We were blessed to have someone to call. What about those who don't? Thank you and happy Christmas to you and yours. That's that's an extraordinary uh, letter from uh, an email from somebody who I think it, it probably represents a whole tranche of society who who fall between the cracks. They're neither too rich nor too poor. They're working their heads off to try and make a life better for themselves, for their kids. They're just trying. Half five in the morning, lights on, get up, stay up, stay afloat, stay ahead of the curve. Don't fail. Don't be a bad parent. Don't be a bad wife. Don't be a bad husband. Keep going, running, running, running to stand still. And these people, you people, those of you who are in this situation, that's what this is about. And this is the season. And that's why the Vincent de Paul are there, because they'll come to your door and they'll say, here are the vouchers. This will get you over the hump. Because for most people, it is just a hump and they can get over it eventually. But not an easy time. And just... On occasion, we have to stop in our tracks as I was this morning. I think, crikey, that's, that's a dark time. Physically, the electricity t- taken off you. Anyway, svp.ie, that's what we're talking about this week. And um, thank you for the honesty of that email. And to Sandra yesterday um, makes all the difference. The Vince Paul got back to us uh, to say that as Sandra was talking, every second she was physically talking, the donations were coming in thick and fast from listeners. So whoever you are making those donations, uh, you are making a difference. As I always say, you're putting food on tables and fuel in fireplaces and heat in rooms that have gone cold. And it's it's a very beautiful thing at a difficult time of year. It's ten past nine. Get better, don't worry. 
Wonderful songs. Uh, Paul Heaton and the House Martins and Caravan of Love at 9.14 this Thursday morning. Listening to that story, says the text, and hearing that they managed to buy a house after all that adversity has me bawling. God bless them. Good. I think that's the point of it, that that it's it's both our calls. That email, I should say, and the chat yesterday with Sandra. Both ended very well as stories, which I think is, is useful for people who feel, will this ever end? And that there's often light there, which is great. Tell that girl she's reaped the rewards of her bravery because now she really knows what matters. Family and love and wishing her the joy she deserves this Christmas. Well said. Uh, John was on listening to Sandra yesterday who got support from the Vince DePaul. They are amazing. As I was growing up with a household of eight, my mother, who was a wonderful mother, often would say only for the Vince DePaul we would struggle. And now... I'm going back to, we're going back to the late 1960s talking about this. They sent my mother food packages. I remember they put shoes on her feet and I still remember how they got me an outfit for my confirmation. They were always there for you and I was grateful for the support, always keeping them in my thoughts. Now all is good. We have a lot going in our lives, so I have to say thanks for them and that's great to hear and keep donating. You can always give back, svp.ie, which is... Yeah, they're, they're our, our charity of choice tomorrow for the, the last Late Late Show of the season, of, not the season, I keep saying, of the year. Um, and uh, so we'll be keeping you up to speed on that tomorrow. And in other news, uh, Charlie Bird has tweeted, there is now a date for the Crowpatrick climb, uh, to which I committed yesterday. And the announcement will come next week from Pieta House and the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. These are the two charities who will benefit from the climb, which is now going to be on Saturday, the 26th of March. So it will be a beautiful, hopefully, a spring morning uh, where everyone will assemble. I know Daniel O'Donnell has agreed and Joanna Reardon has agreed to show up and uh, um, so have I. And I, I suspect half of Ireland will probably show up at this stage. We'll see. All relevant, all the relevant people in Mayo have come on board, says Charlie, and they're going to give us a big Mayo welcome. Well, fair play. And you'd expect nothing less of... So. That's going to be a lovely story to follow in the coming weeks and months. Okay, um, a quarter of young Irish people are online all the time, according to uh, buzz.ie. Screen time has gone up for all age groups during the pandemic. Well, there's no surprise there, is there? Um, But a quarter of young Irish people are online all the time, which is... Uh, it, yeah, I, I, I would imagine it's it's nearly a quarter of adults uh, as well. I think everyone's at at a screen at some point the whole time, and I hate it. I hate I hate being at the screen as much as I am. I, I'm not saying you're doing it or I'm doing it. My phone is, is as much a curse as it is a blessing, and I have a very torturous relationship with it. I sometimes just want to throw it out the window, um, and then I need to call. Someone and say, <laughs> do you see? Yeah, it's a disaster. Uh, Capuchin Centre um, reports massive increase in numbers seeking Christmas food hampers. And again, this uh, chimes with what we've been talking about the last day or two. The Capuchin uh, Day Centre in Dublin, which provides meals and other services to people in need, has reported a significant increase in the numbers seeking vouchers for Christmas food hampers. And people aren't allowed inside the centre. Um, to eat the meals, which is a pity because I've been in the centre and I know that there's tables and the layout, it's like a canteen and it's very vibey. People are very happy to be there, comfortable and well-fed as a result and it's also gets people talking to other people. It's very uh, social thing to do but you can't go in because of COVID but staff then continue to provide takeaway meals to those in need and hand them out. Uh, the centre has also had to suspend the provision of showering facilities and clothing and haircuts because of COVID-19. These are other 
subplots to this bloody pandemic that that are that are, that are debilitating for people in their day to day attempts to stay stay strong and stay dignified. Usain Bolt, I didn't know he had twins. He has uh, he's thirty five. The, the Olympic gold medal, eight time Olympic gold medalist, uh, says that's. Me, I'm finished. I don't want any more. Being a dad keeps me busy, but I wouldn't say it keeps me fit. Having twins is not as fun as people say. Is that true? Moms and dads of twins? Is that true? Twins? Uh, either of you? Um, it's, it, that's funny. He says, uh, I think that when they get older, you know, but when they're young, not so much. No, I'm looking forward to seeing them grow up. Don't wish it away, Usain Bolt. It's a very beautiful thing. The childhood. Anyway, as you say, not as much fun as I say. An album has uh, got to the number one, uh, well, has debuted in the top five in Australia, in the music charts there. It has beaten Michael Bublé, Mariah Carey, ABBA, it's beaten The Weeknd. And this is an album called Songs of Disappearance, which is entirely made up of tweets and squawks. Now, tweets, proper tweets, not goofball tweets. Tweets and squawks of endangered Australian birds. Songs of disappearance. When I saw that, songs of disappearance, did you too get a, have an, an album in Australia? No, no, it's something else. Songs of disappearance. Is, is, it, some, some sounds took hours of waiting in the bush to record one short tweet. David Stewart, a wildlife sound recordist, has spent more than 30 years collecting often rarely heard sounds of Australia's wildlife. And it's his bird recordings that have been used on the album. Shall we have a little, quick little listen to it? It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? I could, I could, I could dig that. That, that, that's kind of, and again, things that probably wouldn't have ever succeeded as well uh, without a pandemic. Bird songs, like, oh, thank God. Anything. Calming. Think twice before getting a French bulldog. Okay, French bulldog owners. It's too late for you, but those of you who are in the market, think twice, they say. Uh, Flat-faced breed, it says the male this morning, is at higher risk of 20 common disorders and has such severe health problems that it can no longer be considered a typical dog. Um, They found that it is uh, included uh, narrowed nostrils and obstructive airways syndrome. And that they need to, they highlight the need to shift the breed towards more moderate characteristics to reduce the risk of breathing disorders. Well, I, I have heard those dogs breathe and it's, it sounds very laboured. It sounds deeply uncomfortable. Uh, so people are saying, go easy on the, on the dogs and tread carefully before you bounce yourself into that. On Post has said that it expects to handle over six million parcels and letters daily over the coming days as it announces key cutoff dates for Christmas post uh, Monday the 20th of December that's next Monday last day for sending cards and parcels to the UK final cutoff date is Thursday 23rd of December for cards and packages going to Irish addresses now I would not be that person if I'm sending something I'm going to send it today tomorrow maybe Monday but I will not put something in the post as much as I respect on post and the postmen and women of Ireland on the 23rd I'm not I'm the sort of person I will arrive at the airport a good hour earlier than I need to be there probably but I do know people who will Indiana Jones hat it out and I can't, I can't puts me on edge but there, fair play to all the postmen and women of Ireland Ireland we salute you this Christmas Spider-Man No Way Home well one of mine went to see it and said it's brilliant 
Uh, one of Siobhan's went to see it and said, it's brilliant. This was uh, yesterday and last night. Uh, so this is meant to be really good. Uh, but Spider No Way Home, Cork Bio reporting, uh, Cork movie fans had to wait hours, or choose, chose to wait hours before cinema sends them home <gasps> without seeing the film. What happened? They were left disappointed when the much-anticipated screening at the Omniplex Cinema at Man Point didn't go ahead earlier today after they had waited for hours. The fans had waited eagerly for the first screening of the film, um, but they were told uh, by the staff at the cinema two hours after waiting that the movie's cancelled. That seems strange, but um, it wasn't going to happen and most of the screenings for the week are over fully booked. So that's a pity for the for the heads, but they'll get to see it eventually, I hope, and by all accounts, very good. I think I might have to see the one just gone by before I go to see that. I'm kind of out of touch with the whole Spider-Man thing, to be honest. Usain Bolt's twins' names are Thunderbolt and St. Leo Bolt. <laughs> just saying, this... <laughs> don't, don't be just... That's trolling me now, by saying just saying. Uh, but thank you, it does make sense. I'm a mum of eight-year-old twins, uh, three years old and five... Sorry, three-year-old and a five-month-old. Okay, uh, regarding the twins, the first 18 months are critical, Okay. Tell, uh, I'll get to a couple of those in a second. Colin Farrell set to uh, star in an upcoming private detective series on Apple TV. Okay, Liam Neeson spotted on set of a new thriller, Marlowe, uh, on location in Dublin. Welcome home, Liam Neeson. Joe Biden has nominated Caroline Kennedy, JFK's daughter, to be ambassador to Australia. Well, she was ambassador already in the past to Japan, if I remember correctly. And now she is uh, back in ambassadorial duty so good on her for that right let's keep moving on shall we uh, we've got a break to take and we have a, a very lovely guest to joining us from Cork The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 all right. Uh, now let's see where we go next. Uh, loving the interview with Amy. Uh, she's inspiring and a magnificent communicator, wasn't she? Just so thank you. That five one five five one. Um, a couple of random um, call-outs to the, all the Section 3 crew from Mayo Mental Health. They want to say farewell to their dear friend and colleague, community mental health nurse Mary Fahey, who is retiring this Friday after f- over 40 years with the Mayo Mental Health Services. And they said she believed in people when they'd stopped believing in themselves. So well done, Mary. Yeah, a lot of love for you in the room here, I can tell you that. And we wish you well and happy Christmas. Also, would you say good luck to Miss Wynne and the Rutland School Choir, who will be singing choirs, uh, song, carols even, outside the GPO today between 12 and 2. So they may be on the way. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the school, so if you're passing by, you know what to do. And that's from the proud dad, Des. Good luck. And um, Niall McNeil got in touch in praise of the Swords... Meals on Wheels. They'll be out all over Christmas ensuring that nobody is without a meal and some Christmas cheer. Good on them. And they also provide a grocery collection service and uh, distribute books. So good. A lot of good people doing a lot of good things. Happy to acknowledge them all over the country and thank you for what you do. Uh, What an inspirational lady, says the text. Amy is. Doesn't it show how we need to change our language around disability and focus more on different abilities? And that's uh, well, well observed. Ryan, I just wanted to send you a message after reading your skinny comments and the person that told you to eat more. Yeah, I was saying that in a casual way. I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, particularly upset by the comments. I'm just sort of flabbergasted that people would, would feel it's cool to say it. Anyway, I'm a female version of you, this person says. My problem that is that I can't put on weight because I have cr- uh, chronic illness, Crohn's, and I cannot put on the weight. I would love to. I'm very underweight, but I just can't do anything about it. I could never really put on weight, but I've had the worst two years with this sickness. I've had horrendous pain. 
and vomiting every three or four weeks, which is relentless. And I ended up in hospital nine times, God help you, with this, uh, since April 2020. I've also had comments said to people saying, you don't want to put on a bit of flesh or do you not eat anything at all? And the funny thing is, I love food, but sadly, it hates me. And I agree with what you've been saying. Why do people think it's okay to make comments like this to skinny people when they wouldn't dare say uh, the opposite to overweight people? I'm sick of constantly having to pull up my trousers or having clothes hanging off me, but it's not my fault. So people, be kind. You never know someone's situation or what they're going through. That's true. This was uh, the people sans filtre, as they say about certain cigarettes in France, but uh, the more filtered, the better, I say. Supervile, you want to share the magic this Christmas and to ensure, encourage shoppers to buy Irish. And we're going to celebrate that magic with Supervalue as we have been. And we have €700 worth of Supervalue vouchers to give away every day to one lucky listener. But this is a Christmas quiz with a magical twist. And you will also win €700 worth of vouchers to give to somebody you know that uh, you feel deserves them. So if you want to take part, you can email ryan at rte.ie or call, if you wish, on 1850-715-900. Martin was on to say the the bird song record that you played, the recording, was lovely to hear. It reminded me of summer 2020 after the first lockdown, of course. And uh, it happened and everyone was working from home and I had all the windows open all the time with the heat. I was lucky to move out of Dublin to the country last year before COVID hit and... um, Every time I had a call with colleagues, they commented on hearing birdsong in the background and how wonderful it was to hear them from their houses in the city. It's always good to be reminded of what we take for granted, so much so that we don't even hear or see it. I tell you what, the birds are getting up earlier in the last three or four days, I've noticed. So they're out and about in the city too. When you played that birdsong clip just now, my bedroom window was open and I could hear my little garden birds outside going nuts. There you go. Sometimes you play another dog barking and the dogs of Ireland go crazy too. Uh, lots in on, on having twins. We'll get to some of those in a moment. And plenty more things to talk about. But I mentioned this song that I didn't realise Mike Nesbitt had written. And I really like this song. Uh, which is why I'm going to play a different drum now. What a line. We'll both live a lot longer if you live without me. Crikey. Not a love song then. Um, <laughs> different drum. I like it though. Uh, great old tune. Uh, 51551. The Late Late Show tomorrow night, which will feature, of course, among other things, uh, our Vincent DePaul's uh, appeal. Uh, but our guests tomorrow include Andrea Corr and Ronnie Wood. Remember I played Blue Christmas recently? They're going to be, be live in studio with us tomorrow night. Ronnie Wood has twins. They're five years old. Don't forget that as we're still there. And uh, we also have, among others, uh, Colin Farrell will be featuring. Brendan O'Carroll and Jenny will be there as well. Uh, Magella O'Donnell will feature. And um, we'll have uh, Pat and Faye Short. It's going to be lovely. Kind of a, a variety show. And, um, of course, we'll go seriously on, on occasion too. But for the most part, it's uh, a, a bit of festive fun. And with that uh, wonderful appeal for Vincent DePaul, that's all happening tomorrow night. It's five to ten. I knew it. We were just discussing idols. And I was saying, would they be very tattooed and slightly overweight gentlemen um, from Bristol? 
So we got two out of three. Uh, I think they might be still in good shape, but I've never heard of them. But they're, uh, but they're, they're obviously big, big band, big, big, big deal. Good on them. Good luck. Good luck. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we say goodbye, I want to read the story about the jar of carrots. Yes, I'm a former member of our local Lions clubs, as Tom in the Midlands, and we work in conjunction with Vincent de Paul with the Christmas appeal every year. And it's great. A success. And when standing at a trolley once full of goods, a woman who I knew to be in hard up circumstances, she stopped and she turned to me and she opened her shopping and handed me a jar of carrots. And when handing it to me, she said, I'll probably be getting that back from you. And the carrots didn't cost a lot, but it's the only thing I can remember receiving in that trolley. The rest, just cereals and tinned foods. And every time I see that woman, who's now doing very well, I think of her generosity and that jar of carrots. And I made sure she got an extra size hamper that year. And as a token, I now always put a jar of carrots in the trolley as a gesture at the collection every year since. That's a little a striking story from Tom in the middle. Thank you for that. So many proud twin owners, or should we say parents. Um, I'm the proud owner, says one from Lou, of 11-year-old twins. We used to say that you wouldn't order them, <laughs> you wouldn't order them off eBay, but equally you wouldn't send them back. Lovely. We'll see them at the psychiatrist's office in 10 years' time, shall we? Anyway, they're delightful, exhausting and challenging all in one go. You need to be on your A-game every day. It's a busy first few years and potty training, two of them was difficult, but it's rewarding. It's rewarding. Having twins is the best thing ever, says another text here. The best day of my life was 21 years ago next Wednesday, 22nd of December. My twin girls, Anne and Kate, came into my life and life is never dull. However, it's always full of love and joy. So happy 21st to Anne and Kate. And happy Christmas to you all. That's a very nice message. So thank you for that. And uh, our first daughter, uh, after our first daughter, we've been, you know, that's, that's a different text. I'm going to go with this one. We have the twins who are now 23. Oh, actually twins. A boy and a girl who have just been away together for a week skiing. And they are extremely close. Tough in the beginning as they have a sister two years older. But I'm not afraid of hard work. And they have all repaid me in spades by being wonderful. And from um, David uh, O'Connor, uh, after our first daughter being stillborn and my wife having five miscarriages in the years after, we now have a three-year-old and 20-month-old twins, all girls. And we're currently listening to you isolating at home, waiting for three COVID test results to come back for the three girls after COVID cases in the question. They're the best gift life could give. Well, happy Christmas to one and all. And uh, so that's a win for the twin story this morning. No doubt about that. That's a, uh, an endorsement from everyone writing into us. So thank you for that. Our email remains open, ryan at rte.ie. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Friday morning between 9 and 10. Stay tuned for Claire. And thank you for listening. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE radio player.